Hi, awesomes. It's Megan. And really quickly before we start this week's episode, I wanted to let you know that now is a great time to sign up to support Sorta Awesome on Patreon. In the next few days, we'll be launching a new series of episodes that will be available exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And we're going to be covering topics you will not hear us cover on our regular weekly episodes. I think these are topics you do not want to miss out on. And so to sign up, head on over to patreon.com slash sort of awesome, and then stay tuned for some awesome exclusives just for you. And now on to this week's show. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co-hosts and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. Well, welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I'm joined this week by everyone's favorite Hollywood housewife and the host of the podcast, Smartest Person in the Room, Laura Tremaine. We have such a fun show for you awesomes this week. Both Laura and I have been trying out some things that are new to us lately, and to our very happy surprise, we have found some great discoveries that we are really liking. So we've got a list of 10 things that we've tried, we've liked, and we cannot wait to tell you all about. And we're going to get to all of that in just a minute. But first, let's go ahead and start the show the way we always do with Awesome of the Week. Laura, what do you have for us this week? Awesomes, my awesome of the week is so contrary to who I am. I cannot believe that we're going to talk about it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I cannot believe I am going to talk about it, actually. It's a puppy apartment. (laughs) I did not know this is what you were bringing this week, and I am already a little confused. (laughs) Well, listen, when I was thinking about what I wanted to share on this episode, I'm a little bit consumed with what's happening in our household right now, which is we got a puppy. You did. A sweet, sweet little cutie puppy. We are 10 days into our family's very first dog. Jeff and I have, neither of us have had dogs as adults. And here we are. We have a little baby Alaskan Klikai. He's super cute. But there is a steep learning curve. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. To puppy life. And and then when I was thinking, okay, what do I want to talk about on the show? I realized in almost two years of this show, I don't think we have ever talked about pets. We really haven't. We we really haven't. I don't have any. I don't think Rebecca has any pets. You guys had I mean, we've talked about your fish tank. (laughs) Oh the fish tank. That's, that's that's a beast all of in its own. I know. That's a whole episode. And Kelly has some pets, but it's true. We really hardly ever talk about our animal love around here. So yeah. And a lot of families, a lot of people have pets. So I did think I would bring this up because, again, we're less than two weeks into this puppy life, but it has been really helpful to us. It's an actual puppy apartment. Okay. <laughs> um. We have a trainer. The trainer recommended this to us. 
It's kind of like a large crate, like a dog crate, and it's divided. So there's a part where the puppy is supposed to potty, and then there's the part where it's its bed because a dog will naturally not soil where it sleeps. Okay. Unless it's like really, really in distress. So for the puppy stage, like the real puppy stage, and we picked our little Kona up at eight weeks, so he's very young. It's just great for potty training because they're not maybe quite ready to go outside every single time. Maybe you don't want to go outside every single time. So this it's almost sort of like a transitional crate. So I have to say it's my awesome of the week because it totally works. That's so great. That's so awesome to know. It's amazing. The dog has pretty much, um, I don't want to say slept through the night like it's a newborn because maybe it's not sleeping, but it has not (laughs) cried through the night. It has made it through the night without waking us almost every single night. And I know it's because of this puppy apartment, because it can get up, it can go do its business and then go back down and lay down. Um, Again, this is highly recommended by our trainer. It is expensive. Okay. That's kind of a knock on it. You can get the actual official quote unquote puppy apartment at modernpuppies.com. And they have video tutorials and that kind of stuff. So you can kind of watch how it works. I don't know if this would work with older dogs. I was kind of looking at some different forums and message boards, and it might not be as successful with older dogs. But if you're with a young-ish dog, it doesn't have to be as puppy as my puppy. It does seem to be really, really helpful for people who are having potty training problems. Now, because it is expensive, I do want to suggest there are people who sell them on eBay because oh. often the dogs will grow out of them. So then ah, what do you do? You have this yeah. big old crate. Exactly. Yes. And then you can also buy an inexpensive crate and modify it, which is what we did for our downstairs because I wasn't going to buy two of these things. And so um, Jeff just kind of made a little divider for the crate that we're keeping downstairs. However, it's not as convenient. The doors don't open the right way. And I want to get into the details of dog crates. But if you want to splurge with the potential to resell, Puppy apartment, the actual like legitimate puppy apartment is really great, really well made. If you want to try and do it yourself, totally it's, you can do that. And then also check eBay or Craigslist or any of that kind of thing. But if you are in the dog world or thinking about it, and I speak with absolutely zero authority on dog things. (laughs) Just so we're all clear on that. Just nobody come to me with dog questions. (laughs) Because right. I will I will look at you spiral-eyed and be like, I don't know. <laughs> Except for this thing recommended is keeping me sleeping through the night. So definitely that qualifies as an awesome of the week. Absolutely it does. You know, we um, have just been really overwhelmed with life with four kids to the point where having a new um, member of our family, a new animal member of our family hasn't been the best timing. And one of the things that has kept me from sort of making that leap is because I have heard that having a new puppy, it is like having a newborn again for a little while with the getting up at night. But it sounds like this is a fantastic solution for everybody. It's a really good solution. And I was hesitant on the dog thing too. I mean, we could do a whole show on the decision behind dogs. (laughs) (laughs) My daughter's been asking for a puppy since she was like, literally one years old, like when she was toddling around, she loved dogs. And I've always given that a big hard no, like no, uninterested in dogs, uninterested. And um, 
I don't know, about six months ago, a couple of different things happened that I won't bore you with that kind of made me think, you know, I need to rethink the dog situation for our family. So this was a very deliberate decision. This was not a spontaneous right. weekend thing. Like we we planned for it. We chose a breed we thought would work best with our life and waited on this particular puppy for several weeks. So we're entering this journey. Any, <laughs> anyone feel free to give me tips in the yes. Hangout group or on social media where I am posting cute pictures of the dog. Please tell me all of the puppy things I need to know. I'm all ears. I love it. I love it. And he is such a little sweetheart. Thank so. you. He's sitting in on a recording today, just so you all know. He's close by hearing us <laughs> rave about him. So, okay. Well, my awesome of the week is a little bit more on the serious side from <laughs> Puppy Apartment. <laughs> oh, well, I'm so sorry if I like harshed the tone you were trying to go for this episode. <laughs> um, so mine is a website called allsides.com. And I first heard about this website from our friend Tish, Tish Oxenrider, who has the blog, The Art of Simple, also hosts the Simple Show podcast. Um, she had mentioned it in a blog post. And I was like, I've never heard of this thing, allsides.com. So I clicked through. And what it is, is a sort of news aggregator where you can read various, uh, there's links to various news articles from all different kinds of sources. But what they do for you is they analyze the the website, the people behind all sides, they analyze each news source to determine if that news source generally is left-leaning, right-leaning, or if they're generally straight down the middle. And so as you're looking at the front page of allsides.com, you can skim through headlines, all of the current articles that have come out recently about different topics. And you can look and like on your screen, you can look that they list the um, the articles from news sources that tend to be from the left on the left side of your screen. <laughs> and then you've got your more centrist minded news sources right down the middle. And then you've got your more right-leaning ones on the right. And you can read about the same topic from all of these different perspectives. So one of oh, the things- that is really helpful in life. Isn't it so helpful? It's helpful because it's hard to research it yourself in a way. Even if you kind of already know which news sources lean which way, it's still hard to like Google and suss it out. Yes, exactly. And it's all right there on the home screen of allsides.com. You can just glance at it and decide what you want to read about whatever topic. You know, one of the biggest discussions that came out of the U.S. elections in 2016 was how we all have kind of tended to get into our own echo chambers where we're only hearing discussion of news topics and conversations with people and news sources that we agree with. And so I've been really trying to make an effort to seek out sources that I have not looked at in years and um, to make sure that I'm getting some balanced perspectives on these various issues. So again, allsides.com makes it to where, like you said, you don't have to do the Googling. They do all of that for you, bring it all together. You can click and read and compare perspectives. And I just think it's fantastic work that they're doing. So I wanted to make sure, you know, we've had a couple of questions come up in the Hangout group, people asking like, where, what news sources are you guys using these days? And we've had some good discussion about that. But I know pe that's something that people are kind of wondering about right now. And I just wanted to, everyone to know that allsides.com is a great solution for that. 
So that was, that has been my awesome of the week for a couple of weeks now. So I've been looking forward to sharing it with you guys. So, well, that's no puppy apartment, but (laughs) no, I know. But thanks for sharing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I really had no idea that there was even such a thing as not a, not only just the structure of it, but the name Puppy Apartment, which is amazing. <laughs> this world is awesome. Okay. Well, speaking of things I've been looking forward to sharing with you all, I have been putting together a little list myself of things that I have tried. And then to my surprise, I was like, oh, yeah, this is actually really great in my life. And so Laura has a, a little list put together too. So we're just going to go through, like I said, we've got 10 things that we have discovered. They're new to us, probably not new to everybody, but new to us that have been really good surprises in our life. So Laura, what's the first on your list? Mine is new to me, but it is most definitely not new to the world. <laughs> My first thing that I've tried and liked is an alarm clock. Oh, like an old-fashioned alarm clock? (laughs) An old-fashioned, quite ugly, black plastic alarm clock on the side of my bed instead of using my phone as my alarm. Okay, let's hear about this. This is something that I have thought about a lot over the years. I really dislike being on a screen When I'm falling asleep, like scrolling before I fall asleep is bad for my mental energy because I will inevitably see something that bugs me or um, any number of things that can happen while you're scrolling right before I go to bed is just not good for my sleep cycle. And then I really hate waking up in the morning and, you know, pressing the button on my phone to see what time it is and then see all the notifications that have come in. You know, which just gets my brain working in a way that I don't want it to be in the first minute of the day. Yes. So for a long time now, I mean, I think well over a year, I have been in the habit of turning my phone into airplane mode about eight o'clock at night, a few hours before my bedtime. And then I keep it in airplane mode until after my kids breakfast. Mm -hmm. So that works great. I don't see any notifications. I can just use it as the time and the alarm and whatever. And, and that's been fine, but I still feel mentally tethered to the actual phone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Even though I'm not getting all the noise from it, I just don't, I've like increasingly disliked feeling like I'm attached to this little six inch object. Mm-hmm. So um, I actually wrote about this on my, my blog even before I closed my blog. So two years ago or something, I was like, I'm going to get an alarm clock for my bedside table. So obviously this has been this dumb, stupid thing that's been in my mind for a long time. And I never could find one that I liked. I care a lot about aesthetics and alarm clocks are super ugly. They just are. (laughs) They super are. Yes. Like I did a roundup on cute alarm clocks and they were just bordering on cute. Like, (laughs) right. And I never pulled the trigger on any of them. Some of the ones I liked the best, the way they looked were like hundreds of dollars, which is absurd. So Anyway, I finally was at Best Buy for something else. Best Buy still does have a little tiny alarm clock section. And I saw one and it was on sale and I was like, I'm going to do it. So I just did it. It's been weeks now. And I have to tell you, it is like really a small thing. It is a tweak that makes a difference in your mental energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can totally see that. When I wake up in the night, and of course now with a puppy, I've woken up in the night a couple times to check on him or just because I'm like 
worried about the situation and I can just look over and see the time. I, I don't, it sounds stupid now that I'm saying it out loud. I just, it just disconnects me physically. Yes. <laughs> from my phone. Yeah. I've been keeping my phone in the kitchen, charging or whatever, and um, it's just working for me. So that's a thing I have tried and I like, and I I think anyone else who might feel the same about their stupid phone to try it. I get it. I'm, I'm definitely trying to and attach myself from my stupid phone as much as possible. And it's so funny that you mentioned you found it at Best Buy because my friend Catherine, her daughter's birthday was just a few weeks ago and her daughter really wanted, her daughter's like in second grade. She really wanted an alarm clock and um, Catherine couldn't find one anywhere. She was like, where have all the alarm clocks gone? <laughs> because everybody uses their phone. Exactly. So I'm so glad that you know for sure they can be found at Best Buy. <laughs> yes, Best Buy. Also, Walmart had a super ugly selection. I could not buy any of the Walmart ones, but but if you're desperate, they do have them. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. Well, the first one on my list is actually super cute, and it is something I've never tried before and decided to give it a try. Found out I actually really love it. It's a beauty blender sponge. Are you familiar with the concept of the beauty are blender? Are you kidding? Of course I am. Of course you are. You've probably been using them for years. <laughs> I don't use them that often because I'm lazy. I do own them. Yeah. Okay. I have them in my drawer. Well, recently I asked my sister who has uh, who was on our show last summer. And as I mentioned on that episode with Emily, my sister, she is super makeup guru. I ask her all of my beauty questions. And so I was, I texted her. I was like, um, how do you? put your concealer on. <laughs> I don't obsess about a lot of beauty products. I really don't. Concealer is both my nemesis and inspiration of my beauty bag. <laughs> I have probably like at any given time, like five or six different concealers. I am always on the quest for the best concealer and the best way to put it on because I have by, by genetics or whatever, I have dark circles under my eyes. And then plus just season of life. I just <laughs> look tired a lot. So I'm always looking for the best way to wear concealer. So she was like, you need a beauty blender. And I was like, I don't know what that means. I thought like blender, like for your smoothies. <laughs> oh my God. I know, right? <laughs> She's like, and then put the concealer in your Cuisinart. <laughs> I was like such a ding dong about it. But so she sent me a link. She was like, here, just buy these. They're cheap. What I have are not the official beauty blender, like the official brand. They're knockoffs that um, I found on Amazon. My sister sent me the link to Amazon. The brand is called Rumio, R-U-M-I-O. It was a two pack for like $10. I think the real beauty blender is, runs about $20. And so this is super cute. It's hot pink and it comes with a little holder. It looks like an egg holder that you just put the the sponge down in when you're done using it. So then I was like, I don't know how to do this. So then I watched a ton of YouTube videos about how to use a beauty blender um, and kind of figured it out. And I've really been loving it. And the reason I love it is, first of all, I have never been one. I don't have all of the makeup brushes. Like my sister has brushes like for everything, concealer and um, foundation and contouring and all of the things. I don't have that. I have one brush and it is for my blush and that's it. But I knew I wanted to do something a little bit more advanced than just applying it with my fingers, which I've done for years. But when I thought sponge, I really did think about my mother's 
makeup sponges. I know that sounds so trite, but this really is not your mother's makeup sponge. Uh, my mom used to get the ones that you can just buy like at, you know, the pharmacy, those white kind of triangular wedge shaped ones. Mm-hmm. And I had, that was my only experience with using a sponge to put makeup on. And my experience had not been super great in terms of like how it goes on your face. And then it seemed to absorb so much of whatever you were putting on your face. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks up the product so much. It's a it waste the product. I feel like it really does. It really does. This is not like that. This, you wet it down, squeeze it out. And then use it to apply. I like, I like that for the concealer because it's um, like teardrop shaped. So it comes to a point and you can really get it into that area where you're concealing, like um, under your eyes, kind of in towards, um, you know, your nose and and all of those places. So it's been really fun. Tell me your, um, what's your favorite concealer right now? Okay. So I have three that I use the most. Um, I have one and mine are all drugstore level. I haven't invested. Well, I mean, I have, but I, even of the ones that I have found from from a department store, I never have found one that I super like. So these are the three I go to the most right now. There's a, a one from LA Girl Cosmetics. That's their HD Pro Concealer. I like that one. A new one that I just picked up that I'm really loving is by Maybelline, and it's called the Instant Age Rewind Eraser for Dark Circles. I hmm. really like that one. It's just the right amount of coverage for a normal day when I don't need a ton of concealer. Um, it's super great. I, I've heard raves about that one, and it lives up to the hype. It's a really great one. Then I have one that I keep in my bag for when I really need help in the cosmetic department for the under eye circles. It's by Hard Candy, and it's called their Glamouflage instead of Camouflage, Glamouflage. And it is super, super thick. It is very intense concealer. So what I've really liked about using it with the Beauty Blender is since it's damp, it tends to kind of, um, it almost kind of, not like dilutes it. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily like dilute it, but it just helps it. It's still pretty intense, but not quite as intense as if you just apply it with your fingertips. So those are some of the ones I've really been enjoying. So again, you can find tons of YouTube videos about it. I watched one YouTube video where the uh, woman put on her full face of makeup, full face, except for mascara, using a beauty blender. And I was like, that's a little advanced for me. Um, but for just concealer and some um, BB cream. Wow, I had a lot of words about that. <laughs> I'm surprising even myself. You're not going to believe it because I did not give you my picks in advance, but my next one is also from that episode 65 with your sister, Emily. Oh my gosh, I love it. She's good. That that will totally make her day. Love it. She highly recommended in that conversation about about beauty, the Dior Hydra Life BB cream. Yes, that's right. Well, I went right out and bought it like that day. (laughs) (laughs) And... It's an investment as well. She she warned us about that. It's like 60 bucks, which is a lot of money for a BB cream. However, I bought that in what, June was that show? And yeah. it's February and I still have the same tube and I use it oh. multiple times a week. Oh, wow. That's you fantastic. only Yeah, you only need a little bitty bit. And I just had a friend tell me recently, like, you look like you're glowing. I mean, I've had multiple people tell me that and- it's always when I'm wearing that Dior Hydra Life BB cream. It is really great for, I have dry skin or probably combination skin. Now, if you have oily skin, they might have a different formula. I'm not sure. 
because I don't have that. But I love it. I love the way it goes on. I don't fully understand the difference between BB cream and foundation. I mean, I've read the difference, but I still think it's a bunch of bunk. It's very much like (laughs) foundation. It has SPF 30, which Mm -hmm. is important to me. And it just makes my skin look very dewy and glowy, but not like I'm sweating. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's a fine line when you've got the BB cream because BB cream, the way I understand it, I don't think it's a bunch of fun. (laughs) I think it's totally a legit (laughs) differentiation. But the way I understand it, the BB cream has like, it has like your moisturizer added in, your SPF, like a couple of different things in addition to your like foundation type stuff. Um, But so it is, it's a fine line because some, some of them do make you look like you're just came in from a workout that like that level of glowy, which we don't always want. Well, I know it, it purports to have all this extra whatever, but I still do my pre foundation routine with it. Like I still put on moisturizer. It doesn't replace any of the steps for me. Okay. So I'm using it like foundation. Like I still do moisturizer. If I'm like going to have a long day, I maybe do primer or whatever, but typically when I wear it, because it's sort of my quick, um, foundation. Like if I'm going to do a full face of makeup, if I have a meeting or a lunch with a friend or something like that, and I might do something different, I'll use maybe a more formal foundation. But for my regular day of life, which is most of my weekdays, I just throw on without primer or anything. I do moisturize my face and then I throw on that Dior Hydra Life BB cream and then a little bit of NARS Orgasm blush my voluminous mascara, which is my favorite, curved brush in black, and some ColourPop lipstick and call it a day. I mean, it is a five-minute... I don't even use concealer on those quick days. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love that you're loving it. I remember when she mentioned that, she did say, okay, this is definitely going to be your high-end pick. I think she gave us a high-end and a a more like drugstore-level pick. So I'm so glad that it has... Brought some awesome to your life. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay, the next one on my list is something that I have tried that I am surprising myself by how much I'm liking it, and that is reading books outside of my usual genre. I have quite unfortunately, I suppose, in the past few years, fallen into a rut where almost all of my reading was either some kind of nonfiction, um, either like a memoir or self-help kind of book or young adult fiction. And I just kind of stuck to those two genres. I they I know that they will hardly ever disappoint me. And this year, I just felt like I need to like bust out of this and freshen up my reading list. Laura, you always have your recommendations are always span a variety of genres. And I think that actually kind of that finally sunk in that I need to give that a try too. So I just this past just in January, I read two books, that are totally outside of my genre. The first one was Otessa Moshfeg's Homesick for Another World, which was the book of the month selection, which I'm also trying for the first time, just trying all of these new things. What a theme we are having. (laughs) (laughs) But wait, tell me about Homesick for Another World, because that's the book that I also picked this month, but I haven't cracked it open yet. Okay, I think you'll really like it because I know you don't mind going to dark places with a book. So Homesick for Another World is an, actually it's a short story collection from Otessa Moshfeg. And 
you need to be prepared if you decide to pick it up. Each of the characters, the narrators of these, there's 14 short stories, they are deeply unlikable. Um, they are the kind of people who are either misfits. Some of them are very crude. Um, some of them are just like oblivious in a way that's not charming or endearing. Um, so she kind of plays with this idea of the irredeemable character and these little snippets of their life, their world. I've heard this reference made a couple of times, and I totally agree. It's a great read alike if you like Flannery O'Connor. Mm. Her her style of short story, I remember in college, that was the first time I read Flannery O'Connor. And I remember being just scandalized, but in the best way, like, I shouldn't be reading stuff like this. Not that it was like racy, but it was just, it really, I mean, here I was like 19 years old and I'd only read like, you know, the American literature canon type selections before. And, um, and Flannery O'Connor was like the first time I was like, what is going on in these stories? Well, Homesick for Another World is definitely along those lines. I mean, she's a fantastic writer. She's funny. Her characters are, um, I don't want to say disgusting, but they, disgust invoking might be a better way to describe it to where you're just like, ah, but at the same time, the stories tend to weave in these little slivers of grace and understanding. And I don't know. Anyway, it was, it was not my usual pick. It really pushed me to my limits and I'm so glad that I picked it up. Another one, just really briefly, I picked up for the first time a graphic novel, um, a book called mm. Roller Girl that uh, came out in 2015. It's about roller derby. And my girls and I actually all read it kind of in the same week, maybe two weeks in there. I have never in my life held a comic book in my hands. And I've, I was only vaguely familiar with the format for graphic novels. So this was my first one. It's so great. It deals with a lot of um, things about like friendship and um, trying new things and loyalty and stuff like that. That was perfectly timed for my tween girls. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just like, look at me. I'm picking up new stuff that I never would have in the past. And I've been really surprised with how great that's been. Where are you getting recommendations that push you out of your genres? Just picking them up online or what? My real life book club is the thing that has really pushed me to read things I wouldn't have picked out any way because other people are picking them and telling me I have to read them for the discussion. So that has been actually really helpful to me. It is a, is a benefit to book club, but where are you finding yours? Um, so I've mentioned this a billion times. I'm sure you're sick of hearing about it. Those of you who are listening, but I'm doing book riots, read harder challenge for this year. And so uh, as a compliment to that over at Goodreads, there's a whole discussion group for specifically for the read harder challenge where it goes through category by category and Goodreads members just chime in with their ideas. Oh, you could read this for this one. You could read that. And the challenge itself is really pushing me outside of my usual genres. And then getting those ideas and suggestions from people in Goodreads has been a fantastic way to find these books. So that's been really helpful. Okay, well, we have been talking all about things that we have been trying and liking, and we're going to hear more from our lists after this quick word from our sponsor. Okay, today's episode is all about things that we have tried and that we have liked. So, Laura, what is next on your list? Next on my list is the movie Manchester by the Sea. Oh my gosh, I've heard so many good things. I have not seen it. It's up for Best Picture. 
of the Oscars later this month. And actually, there are several movies that are up for Best Picture this year that gave me pause before I watched them. I'm choosing Manchester by the Sea because I knew in advance, I had heard that it was really sad Mm -hmm. and that it was sad in a way that had to do with kids. And usually when I hear that, I'm out. Right. Yes, me too. Like, I just can't do that anymore. Before I had kids, because I do tend to like dark entertainment, that wasn't as much a problem for me. Obviously, having my own kids, it's just too hard to watch those things with ne- without envisioning them happening in my own family, and it's just too much. I just tend to avoid those kind of stories, movies, TV shows, anything. But I really do try to watch most of the Best Picture nominees each year. Um, Jeff and I get the DVD screeners in the mail, so they just like show up, and we have them, and there's really no excuse to not sort of be up on... Um, the things that are being buzzed about in our town and our industry. So we set out to watch them and I started it just very nervous. And this movie is beautiful and is some of the best acting I have seen in a long time. I know that Casey Affleck, there's a lot, some controversy about his personal life. I, I have absolutely zero commentary on that. His acting in this movie is stellar. And it, yeah, it's just a movie that I would have avoided otherwise. And I, I don't want to say I liked it in that it's, again, it's hard to watch, but I liked, I appreciated it. And, and I liked it as a movie, like as art, you know what I mean? Um, right. Yeah. It's put out by Amazon, if you guys haven't heard of it yet. Um, and it's kind of groundbreaking for Amazon to have a movie in the best picture category. That's the yeah. industry is changing a lot. So I'm also sort of rooting for that, just the alternative forms of entertainment. But mm-hmm. there are other movies in um, the best picture category this year. If anyone's trying to shove a few in before the Oscars um, at the end of the month, Moonlight is also excellent. I went into that completely blind. I had no idea what that one was about other than I had heard that it was amazing. And I'm not going to say anything else about it because I, I think it's kind of best to go into that movie really not knowing much about it. It is excellent. And La La Land, of course, which everyone is raving about. If there's one movie that you should try in the next few weeks, it should be La La Land. It's probably going to win Best Picture. It's not my favorite this mm-hmm. year, but it's the one people are going to talk about forever and ever and it's cute and entertaining and fun and and all those things okay yeah i've heard good things about all of those and i have not seen any of them so uh for manchester by the sea it's kind of like there's no excuse it's right here and i can watch it on amazon so yeah Good to know. Okay, the third one on my list of something I've been trying and surprising myself by liking is spending time outside, just sitting outside, even in the wintertime. Now, like a majority of people who are listening are like, wow, good for you. I have to like live in a climate where that's a normal part of winter. I really cannot say strongly enough how much I usually avoid outdoor time in the winter 
at, at all costs. I mean, just like, it's like not even been an option for me. But this year, for, for some reason this year, I've really kind of had some of the uh, seasonal struggle of just like, ugh, just feeling a little blue and um, decided to take somebody's advice to get outside at least 15 minutes a day and just get some fresh air, either go for a walk or um, sometimes I'll just take the twins outside to play in the front yard. And I do remember, you know, I think there's like hmm, some Scandinavian proverb. I can't remember if it's Norwegian somewhere from that part of the world that says there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. So if you are dressed appropriately, you can get out into whatever kind of weather is outside. And that's not that. true at all. That's a silly thing to say. <laughs> it has helped me, though, Laura. I'm clinging to that. <laughs> So I've been bundling up on the days when it's been cold. We've actually had a super mild winter here in Oklahoma City and just getting outside and getting fresh air and sunshine. And normally I would not be doing that this time of year, but I decided to try it. And you know what? It's actually been pretty awesome. So I wanted to make note of that. Okay, next on your list. Next on my list also came from you in a roundabout way. I decided finally to try the Overcast app for oh, listening to podcasts. Thank goodness. I'm so glad. <laughs> I had been using the native, you know, iTunes, Apple app that's on my phone. And it was fine. I mean, I didn't have any complaints about it. That's why I didn't think about making the switch. But um, one of the things that actually forced me to make the switch was I really don't like how in the Apple app, I couldn't always see the description of the show. Ah, uh, yes. Uh -huh. I don't know if that was just me. I put it out on Twitter like, is this just me? Why can't I like see, I can see the title of the show, but I, sometimes, especially because I, I um, subscribe to a lot, a lot of shows and sometimes I just pick and choose the episodes I like and I need to be able to see the description and I couldn't very well. So I decided to just try one or two shows in Overcast, and the interface is so much better. I could immediately, I could immediately see the description of the show and and that type of thing. It just is prettier and and easier. It's not fully intuitive, I wouldn't say. Like I've had to click around and be like, "What what screen am I on? What is happening?" <laughs> but it it looks better and. Um, and I know what I'm listening to better. It also has, I don't use this, but I know a lot of people do. It also has the speed up yes. option where you can mm -hmm. play the show faster, which for people who listen to a lot of things, that's like super beneficial. It's a really natural speed up. Like the Apple app does also have that speed up option, but you are listening to it. You're, it sounds speeded up, if that makes sense. Overcast has this option where you um, can speed it up and it just like takes out it, first of all, there's regular speed up. It sounds more natural. And also you can set it to where it takes out just like pauses and stuff. Um, so that it's not even necessarily speeding up the voice. It's just like kind of taking out dead air or whatever. And if you, again, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, just getting that, getting a few extra minutes of listening time in can make a really big difference. I, as a podcaster, I have mixed feelings on that because sometimes we leave in a pregnant pause purposefully. Yes. yes. Um, however, I do listen to enough like businessy type podcast or informational things where listening to it sped up will just save me time. It won't take away from like the art of it. So that is a nice feature. I just haven't tried it yet. I was going to ask you about this though, because I'm newish to Overcast. It's been several months now, but- 
I cannot seem to download a single episode. Okay. Like when I went to go get an episode from a show that someone had specifically mm-hmm. suggested to me, it automatically subscribed me to that show. And so now that show, which I don't want to be subscribed to, shows up in my all feed, like in my feed with all the things. Okay. Does that happen when you've already listened to that one episode that you wanted to listen to? I don't know. You're saying if I listen to that one episode, then the new episodes won't show up anymore? Yeah. It usually just shuffles it to the bottom or you can just delete it out of your list. Um, it does. You do mean that, the like, whole show or the episode? Yes. So, so when you add an episode, it does go to your like main unplayed list. And then, so you're saying that it still shows up in your unplayed list, even if you've listened to that one episode that you want to Not the episode. I'm then subscribed to that show. So then all their new shows keep popping up in my thing. And I'm like, I didn't click on any subscribe to this show. I clicked Hmm. on download for the episode, but now it thinks I want the whole show. Yes. So that's my only negative. But otherwise, I'm really enjoying Overcast. It's free. It's in the App Store. And if you're listening to a lot of podcasts, I think it's it seems to be a better management tool than than the Apple app. I 100% agree. I'm a huge Overcast evangelist myself. I love it. It's a great app. So, okay. Now, the next one on my list is definitely like I am so, so, so late to the game on this that this is not going to be new, new information for anyone. But I did finally try out the um, wearing leggings and tunic tops trend, a la, you know, LuLaRoe and any other variety of leggings that are available now. I had been super hesitant to try them. Uh, first of all, just a little bit of discomfort with the idea of leggings that are not, you know, like under a skirt or dress. <laughs> just felt a little uncomfortable about it. And then I just could not figure out what to do for a top. Wait, what do you mean? Leggings as pants? Yeah. So that they're, you know, like the print, like the patterned leggings. Right, but you still wear something that goes, that covers, right? You don't just wear a regular shirt. Right. I don't. Some people do. I don't. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I just could not, I, I would see other people wear them and think that looks really cute. But the style of top that I saw most people do this with, with the leggings as pants, um, is like a, a tunic top that's kind of um, boxy or unstructured. That's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people do that, and it looks great on a lot of people. I just know I'm almost 40. I know that there are certain styles that I just cannot wear, and that unstructured top is just not for me. So I kind of stayed away from the leggings trend. I did finally, just through happenstance, found a great tunic top to wear on top that is much more fitted. And I actually found it on Amazon because I was looking up leggings from Viv Collection that are on Amazon. They're very soft, like the LuLaRoe leggings. Unlike LuLaRoe, you just, you have like a selection. There's like, I don't know, like 20 different patterns you can buy and that's it. You don't have to shop different consultants and track down the ones you want. Um, so that was just like a much more streamlined, easy way to shop for leggings for me. Well, as you know, when you're shopping on Amazon, they love to give you suggestions about what you might also like to buy on, while you're here on Amazon. Um, and so this top popped up in the suggestions as I was looking at these leggings. It's by 9XS, N-I-N-E-X-I-S. It's a boat neck tunic top. 
and it is fitted through the body, but it, the way that it gathers at the bottom, you can p- totally pull it down over your rear end area if you desire to do that. Or I've actually been wearing these tops just with jeans and then you don't have to pull them down. They're just, you know, it just kind of like gathers at the waist a little bit. And they have been such great tops. First, I got one in black, and then I went back and got the one in royal blue. I think there's like 10 colors that you can choose from. So finally, you know, like several years into this trend that I was just convinced was not for me, I gave it a try. And I have been surprising myself by how much I have been having fun with it and how much I'm really liking it. You're going to have to post a pic of that. I will. I will do that for sure. Okay, here we are at the last ones on our lists. What is the last thing on your list, Laura, that you have discovered and is something that you're really enjoying? It's a breakfast sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you didn't think I was going to say that. I did not. I did not. I've known you for a long time. I've never known you to eat a breakfast sandwich. I know. That's why it's on the Tried It, Liked It show. Okay. Let's hear about this. I don't like breakfast food that's not like a donut. Uh Yes. (laughs) I really struggle with breakfast food. If it's not like a donut or a cinnamon roll or pancakes or something, like very carb heavy, then I just don't eat breakfast. Like I don't Mm -hmm. like the breakfast things that are not that. Well, I went to a new brunch restaurant place in town when my parents were visiting several months ago and had this thing that was so delicious. I'm like, this is, this is my new life. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently this is a a known thing in the foodie world, but to me, a croque madame was a new situation. Do you know what that is? I don't. I'm going to need you to explain it. It's like a French breakfast thing. It's basically a ham and cheese sandwich with an egg on top. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But it is delicious. And I have a panini maker, so I can do something sort of similar. And I'll have to – I can't even do justice to it. We'll have to put a link to – I found several different recipes, even YouTube videos of people making them. It's really, really, really delicious. It's like a hot ham and cheese sandwich. It's all melty and yummy with like butter on the bread. And I mean, it's not healthy or anything. But it is a good brunch staple because now that I've noticed this, I'm now seeing it on other uh, menus. It's just the kind of thing that I would have never picked. It kind of sounds – fancy and weird. I just wouldn't have ever picked it. But now that I've had it once, now I'm like seeing it everywhere and ordering it everywhere. P.S. I'm getting it all the time. (laughs) It's delicious. A croque madame. So it also has a really nice kind of sauce on it. You can get a croque monsieur that's without the egg if you're Ah, anti-egg. But I think that the egg kind of makes it actually, kind of changes the taste. And it's more breakfasty than maybe I'm making it sound. It's very breakfasty, brunchy. Um, yeah. It's delicious. It sounds amazing. I had not heard of it. Um, I think we've made it sort of a very um, redneck version of that around my house. <laughs> I'm sure it has some different name that would be more recognizable to people. I don't know it. I've never had this. Yeah, Melty ham and cheese on really good, like a, a crunchy sourdough or some kind of bread like that. And then Yummy egg on top. So good. Sounds fantastic. I am all about a big hearty breakfast. So definitely going to check that out. 
The last one on my list, again, uh, one of the last people to come around to this idea, and that is Instagram stories. I know lots of people have been checking them out and enjoying them. Now, I haven't made any myself yet because I feel really nervous about like <laughs> mess it up completely. But I've really been enjoying um, watching other people's in, in my feed. In fact, a lot of the time when I open up Instagram now, I actually do go through my stories feed first. You know, they put it right at the top of the app. I guess they really want you to remember that there's Instagram stories that you can check out. So at first I just was like, I don't know, I don't get it. It just seems like these are just pictures that I could be seeing on Instagram anyway. But people are doing really fun and cool things. For example, um, I follow Jen Fulweiler on um, Instagram and she has a radio show on Sirius XM and she does like her behind the scenes, like her setup and like, okay, I'm calling my producer. And then she'll also do a story as she's on air. So you get these little snippets of what she covered on her show that day. Well, one day on there, she happened to mention that her friend, Catherine, whose Instagram handle is at Whitaker 96 Her friend, Catherine, is a mom of six and also an organizer. And they had just moved into a new house. And so she was like, you have to go follow her because she's showing how to organize her, how she organizes her entire house. It was so fascinating because, again, six kids, she... I, can't, I don't think she homeschools, but they have like a big learning space in their house. Anyway, she went through room by room, bathrooms, closets, kids' rooms, the kitchen. And it was just fascinating to see how a highly, wildly organized person puts her house together from like, we just moved in, everything's in boxes, and now everything's in its place. It was fascinating. So, Okay, but most people are not using Instagram stories in that interesting of a way. It's true. I, I think that there's maybe a learning curve for people to kind of see like what would be interesting to put on stories. And when you find those people to follow, it makes it really good. And also once I finally realized that you can like click ahead, even through each person, each person that you're following, you can click through their story. So if they are putting up a bunch of stuff you don't care about watching, you can just tap to the side. It took me a long time to realize that was an option. So that's really helped. You can also mute people's stories. Like if you're like, this person never does good stories, I'm pretty sure that you can mute them. And also, I don't know why you're nervous about doing them because you know, it lets you see it first. Yes. It's not like you're like locked in once you press go. (laughs) I know. I know. You know, I have the history of insecurity with this platform. So I wanted to, you know, basically spend months watching other people's stories before I decided if I could... (laughs) do it myself. <laughs> I'm just saying you can do it. And then it's like the however many seconds and then it plays it back for you before you press post. So if you're like, I looked totally stupid, then you just press cancel. Believe me, I know this because I've done it a million times. Okay. Okay. It's good to know. I'm going to, I'm going to try it soon. Um, another thing I've really been loving when you, when you click on your search tab, you know, on Instagram and it's like, here's some videos you might like. I never watched those because I was like, that's dumb. Instagram doesn't know what I like. One day I was bored. And <laughs> and you found out that Instagram does exactly know what you like. Instagram totally knows what videos I might like. So I'm going through this video feed and it's like all these makeup tutorials and also um, embroidery. I am obsessed with embroidery and cross stitch. And so it's like people actually doing embroidery. Um, it's like food prep videos, all kinds of fascinating stuff. And... 
I don't, I try, you know, we just at the beginning of the show, we were talking about trying to become less attached to our phones. I really do try to be mindful and not, I don't have, I've never had games on my iPhone because I just, I know I'm not super great with like time management. <laughs> so I don't want to lose a lot of time to something like that. So I've never really indulged in just like zoning out on anything on my phone, but I do have to say those Instagram videos, they, they know me. And I, once I start watching them, it, it could be like five or 10 minutes later, maybe a little longer than that. And I've just been going through those videos. And another thing is, I feel like it's like, I, I'm not a great YouTube watcher. I don't have 10, 15, 30 minutes to sit down and watch a YouTube video. I just really, that's just not, doesn't fit into my time schedule. The Instagram videos where they really get you because they're like a minute long mm -hmm. and that's it. And then you just scroll to the next one. So I, I know I'm like the last person on this earth to discover these aspects of Instagram, but I truly have been liking what I'm finding there. No, Instagram is so enjoyable. I mean, I think Twitter and Facebook, I think all of it's enjoyable. So when I talk about needing to detach from my phone, it's not because I think the phone is not great. The phone is like too great. Too great. Yes, yes, yes. Totally. Okay. Well, we have shared with you 10 things that we tried and we liked. And we know that you guys are always coming up with great discoveries as well. And you might like to share with us on social media. So Laura, remind us where we can find you all around the web. I'm so happy that you can now find all of my channels and all of my podcasts at lauratremaine.com. Thank you. So exciting. Um, also at lauratremaine.com, you can sign up for my secret posts, which is a monthly email I write that's like book recommendations and beauty stuff and personal stuff and everything that I no longer put on a blog, I put into those emails, which I really love. So I'd love it if you'd sign up for those. Also on my new site, you will find links out to the other podcast that Megan and I make together. It's called Smartest Person in the Room. We just wrapped up a religion series and we are about to start a new fun series that I think you guys will actually really enjoy. So you can find all of that at smartestpersonintheroom.com or again, it links out from lauratremaine.com. Please join us over there. So fun. So fun. Okay. Just as a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. Don't forget the show is also now on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can always find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffert, and Laura Tremaine. Visit us on the web at sortaawesomeshow.com, where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at pragermusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Thank you once again to PrepDish.com for sponsoring today's episode. To make the magic of meal planning work for you, head on over to PrepDish.com slash sorta awesome to start your two-week free trial. Thank you so much to PrepDish.com.